0: Tribal Court, the build up to Blood and Guts, a renewal of the CM Punk Samoa Joe rivalry, and Undertaker. Having a stare down with a shark, just your ordinary, everyday, run-of-the-mill week in professional wrestling, and we're here to break it all down on Earning the Bush, Jack Murley in the UK, professional broadcaster, Charlie Beckett, professional rugby player in Australia, folks listening around the world, Charlie, we came back last week, lovely reception, and we're back again this week, how are you?
1: Oh, good, thank you, it's almost like someone designed this week's wrestling for me. Like, you've run it down the top of the show there, and... The undertaker staring down a shark was just the cherry on top of the challenger deck and cake this week it's been a good week in wrestling can, can, shall we just get into that
0: right at the top of the show for anyone who hasn't seen this this is michelle mccool aka mrs undertaker as well as an extraordinary wrestler in her own right filming her and the dead man in very shallow water as he has just stood looking every inch of his 50 year old self in the sort of black t-shirt black shorts staring down a whopper of a shark
1: yeah, so if, to give you some context, if anyone doesn't hasn't seen it, first of all, go and watch it. It's incredible. So they're in, they're on holiday somewhere. I'm assuming. I'm not sure where. Um, and they're paddling in the in the shallow water, and suddenly spot what looks like a hammerhead shark, like a very dangerous shark. My favorite shark, by the way, uh, a very dangerous shark. And Rachel McCool like obviously calls Undertaker over and Mark over, and then. I don't know any human being whose reaction wouldn't be to get their hell out of the water. But instead, he decides to wade in further, stand probably about five metres away from the shark he's at about shin height in the water, and just stares at it. And you're like, what? If this shark... I love The Undertaker, everyone knows this. But I've got to accept that in real life, he can't summon lightning out of the sky. If this shark decides decide to attack him in the shallows, he's- his legs are a goner. But he just stares at this shark until he goes away. It is an
0: extraordinary video because he is just motionless looking at this shark. And And I can't believe I'm saying this. If you're a new listener to the podcast and you would like to hear more of Charlie's thoughts on his favourite sharks, I'm sure this was a subject of a previous episode about a year ago where Charlie listed his favourite shark. So that is in the archives for you to take a listen to. Uh, the Hammerhead was
1: your favourite. Always has been, always will be. He's got a hammer for a head. What more would you like from it? I think I said this last time, I'm also a big fan of Swordfish for similar reasons. He is loyal to the
0: shark. So uh, check that out in the back catalog. Look, he's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Murley. Let's get going with the proper wrestling talk because it is a big old week uh, in what is going to be a massive summer for professional wrestling. There's blood and guts coming up. We're talking more about CM Punk Samoa Joe, Collision as well, Cody Rhodes, laying out the challenge to Brock Lesnar on Raw. But let's start with the standout storyline in professional wrestling at the moment that is the bloodline and on smackdown this friday we saw roman reigns head to tribal court and a challenge laid down by jay Uso. charlie on a scale of one to ten one being the worst ten being chef's kiss perfection where did you rank tribal court from new york city
1: oh it's in the high nines isn't it it's just i mean it's tough to say anything's perfect in wrestling but it's up there i think if you'd said out of context that any single segment took up forty minutes of a two-hour show, you'd say that's ridiculous and too long. But it was worth every single second. The uh, I- I'm I'm saying sort of on what I've said the last however many weeks. But the acting, the emotion, the performance of all involved was absolutely outstanding. And unfortunately, I didn't manage to see it unspoiled. I saw that uh, Roman did blow-blow, but when when I'm watching it the second time around, you're like, I can see how ever, people would fall for this. It looked like the next chapter of the story was Jay being the tribal chief, that Roman was conceding. And Roman has been an awful, awful man for three years to Jay Uso, but in that moment, you almost felt sorry for him. When he was saying, you think I wanted to do this? I did what I had to. I've been what this family's needed. I've taken our family to heights it's never seen before. And you're like, oh, yeah, maybe he did put the weight of the world on his shoulders just to look after his family. Oh, oh and then he low blows. And you're like, oh, okay, he's still a still a bit of a scoundrel. Um, I thought it was absolutely brilliant, and I think it sets up the next however long of the Tribal Chief storyline brilliantly.
0: Doesn't it always prove what we always say about wrestling and which people far smarter than us say about wrestling, which is to be a great heel, you have to believe what you're saying. And I did exactly the same. I watched that and we've known for three years what Roman is like. And I watched it and you go, he is right. He is right. And even when he's kneeling on the ground and in retrospect, hindsight being 2020, of course he's gonna low blow him. He's Roman Reigns. But in that moment, I believed it. I believed every single part of that. And if wrestling is suspending your disbelief and going, I am all in on this, it is exceptional. There is this argument going round at the moment. Should it be nominated for an Emmy? Should it be nominated? Like, is it good enough to go in that category? And as big a wrestling fan as I am, I don't think anything really that we've seen previously has been good enough to do that. But this, I think it should be.
1: Why not? It's a really, really good point, isn't it? Because we forget these men and women are acting like kayfabe is essentially acting. They're pretending to be a character like, his name is not Roman Reigns, his name is Joanna Waihe, he's playing the character of Roman Reigns. Uh and Jimmy Uso, that's not their real name. Solo Sokoa, not his real name. So these guys are playing parts and I've never seen a storyline that has lent so heavily on the acting prowess not the physical prowess of the performers like this. Um, so if anything was ever going to in wrestling I think this would be it. I'd be surprised if it happened because I think People still look down on wrestling as a form of sports intent being strange, being childish, so I'd be surprised, but I don't think it would be unwarranted.
0: I, I think if you, you're made in Chelsea's and your Towies and, you know, all that stuff can be nominated for awards, I see no reason why this can't be. Here's another thing that struck me as I was watching this forty minute, you know, cumulatively long segment, the acting ability on it. I don't think we get this without a pandemic. And I'll explain why. When we had no crowd and we had the Thunderdome, how much of the greatness of the early Bloodline stuff was on the fact we could hear everything Roman was saying to Jay. And I think that made them lean in to the acting and that type of thing. And I think if we'd had crowds the whole way through, I'm not sure this storyline is as good or as acting heavy. It's weird how these things play out.
1: I think that's a really good point. I hadn't actually thought of it that way, but I, th- I think you're right. And... I think, I said it last week, but I said it again, like, Joe Waihe is an incredible actor. The single tier this week. I don't know how you do that. How would you cry in demand? I don't know. And how do you cry the one tier? Ridiculous. On the flip side, with Roman being so subtle, Paul Heyman's facial expressions will never, ever, ever not get a pop from me. He's the most over-the-top facial expression character in all of WWE. It's brilliant. And, the one thing I wonder, I wish I knew. I don't know if we'll ever know the answer to this. Maybe we we'll on a podcast. I wonder when they started the Roman Reigns bloodline story. I-, I wonder how long they thought it would run. I wonder what they planned. Because you can't tell me at the start they planned for Sami Zayn to get involved. That obviously happened. You can't tell me at the start they planned for Solo Sikoa to get involved because he wasn't. I don't think he was really even doing much NXT when it started. I wonder how long they thought this would play out, and I wonder how long they're going to let it run. It, I think. And bear
0: in mind, every prediction I have made about the bloodline along the way has been entirely wrong. So what I'm saying So whatever Jack's about to say, the opposite will happen. I don't think they can get any more juice out of it beyond WrestleMania this coming year. This coming spring. So what are we looking at? Spring twenty twenty four. To me, I don't think they can get any more juice out of it. I've been wrong the whole way along it and 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 you're right. I think Sami Zayn possibly the lightning in a bottle that that was. I I can't believe that in 2020 as you say they storyboarded that out. But what I can believe is they went we're going to make Jay and Jimmy tag team royalty. All right, they're already at a really high level, but we're going to take them to Hall of Fame level and then we're going to spin them off as solo competitors. If I'd have said to you in 2019 that Jay Uso more than likely would be headlining WWE's second biggest, third biggest pay-per-view of the year for the, for the world title. You would not have believed it, but he does not look out of place there at all.
1: No, I completely agree. And I think as well, if you'd said that, how I many I don't know, i go back and count, but the number of hit pay-per-views in a row that this story has main evented would be astronomical. And I would have told you, no one will ever have that much attention and the buy in for something that long. But every pay per view they've been made of it, I think the last one they weren't was Backlash in Puerto Rico because it was Backlash in Puerto Rico. Apart from that, I can't remember the last one they weren't the main event for. And you couldn't have this story anywhere else but the main event because it is the story in WWE. And I think it's mad as that. All I can see that being left out of this is Jay versus Roman and Solo versus Roman and a Jimmy versus Jay eventually as like we're um, coming out of this. But there's so much that's happening that I would never have seen happening. So I don't know what else they can bring into this. And all the metrics. I, I know because wrestling isn't
0: a uniform. There are some folks who bored of this. I get it. I'm not. I get there are people who are. But all the metrics for WWE, you know, they are going to Ford Field and they're saying, this storyline we've done for three years, yeah, we're going to have it main event, SummerSlam, and they will sell out Ford Field if they've not done it already. So that is going to be extraordinary we won't go into whether we think Jey Uso is a man to defeat roman reigns because we sort of did that last week i don't think your thoughts have changed on that one charlie necessarily
1: no not particularly but i do wonder do you think at some point we see rikishi at any point coming in in a segment because that's what we've never really done too much is delved into the history of the wire family and it'd be a big pop bar. imagine seeing rikishi come and be serious talking about his son and his nephew going to war I think, I think that I'd like to see that. Like we've never really seen a um, a serious Rikishi. He's always been a bit of a comedy character. And I imagine the heat if Solo laid out his dad. And also, since you mentioned
0: the Anowai family, still lurking out there in the ether is one
1: Dwayne the Rock John. Don't get me started on this because I've looked past this. I've not. This isn't happening, but if you start making me think...
0: I'm, I'm just saying, when we're going, oh, I don't know if there's any more juice left in this story, i like... <laughs> So hear hear me out, right? Hear me out. I'm going to contradict everything I just said. But having said they can't spin it past another WrestleMania, if they bought in The Rock for this year's WrestleMania and The Rock lost, they have got at least, I don't know, another year to do if they wanted
1: to. And they've got a few cards on their sleeves still
0: okay well let's not fantasy book the bloodline because i i for one actually am just loving the ride that the bloodline had taken us on and that is the main thing and it looks like we're getting a stellar summer slam cody rhodes on raw challenges brock lesnar for the rubber match i think we all knew, knew was coming august the 5th at ford field lesnar rhodes three cody after his loss at wrestlemania people wondered where he would go i think this program has been great for him and i'm excited to see this third and i would think final match
1: yeah, I think I said last week that when it when it came about after May, I was very confused. It was an odd one, but it's actually the perfect one for him. I like that he alludes. He's like Rock. You pick this fight for no reason. I like they allude to that. Um, I think Cody has to win the feud. I think he has to win the rum match. I think it probably needs a stipulation. Do you think?
0: Yeah, I I would say it needs something. I don't think hell in a sell. I don't think you would do that
1: here. But it needs just a little bit extra juice i don't think it can be won. i think just just something as simple as a no holds barred like that that makes it feel more important and then suddenly they can do what they want and they'll do fun things i i just make it i wouldn't make it like a last man standing or an i quit and like that I doesn't need that i think just a no holds barred match would make this very interesting and i think
0: although i think cody needs to win cody's going to be the guy who is sticking around Rock is going to go if you want to give lesnar the win you could easily have someone interfere and start the next thing with cody although what i thought was interesting on his segment on raw is how cody started saying again i need to get back to where i was i'm done with being the prince i want to be the guy so he's now beginning to just weave that back into his storyline so i'll be interested to see if we, talk, if, if we think, as we do, Cody is the guy to take the title from Roman next year at Mania, they need something to keep him busy. Who on that roster do you see for him after
1: Brock? I honestly don't know. It's a really good question. Uh, unless he gets entwined somehow with Finn and the Judgment Day. Somehow, like he's been fighting Dominic, I could see a Finn versus Cody feud maybe. But you need a top-level heel because Cody Rhodes is a generational babyface that pops him everywhere, how much he is loved. You need a good heel to go against him. No one jumps out. I'd actually love to see, it won't work story-wise, and they're technically on different shows, but I don't think anyone cares about that. I'd love to see him in a uh, feud with Gunther. I think that would be special. Um, but that's the thing as well. Like When Gunther loses that IC title, eventually he'll have to. He's got to go into the top title storyboard he has to he has to go into that story somewhere there's no one to go so it's how you intertwine him there's wwe's in a great place with so many stars so hot at the moment but it's a challenge to keep them all so hot i think can i give
0: you a little bit of fancy booking what i would do obviously i would spin drew mcintyre heel and have him and cody rhodes go through the autumn um and and i would do it by saying you think you didn't finish your story, Cody? Look at what happened to me at Clash. And I didn't bitch, I didn't moan, and I didn't get the opportunities you got. What happened to me after I lost in my hometown? And I think there is enough there. And and that, again, it feels fresh. Cody Rhodes, Drew McIntyre, feels like something you could get away with.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. I hadn't even thought of that, but I do like that a lot. We're seeing Trish Stratus
0: pull out all the stops in her... I don't even know what to... I, I think this has been criminally underrated. You know I am LGBT Trish. That is sort of my... The way I define it. I am a sucker for Trish. Now she's got this face mask on and we're getting callbacks to proper heel Trish. I'm loving her and Becky. I'm loving Ricochet and Logan Paul. I think SummerSlam's shaping up rather nicely.
1: Yeah, SummerSlam was, was a really nice card. Um, there's going to be a bit of everything for everyone on there and I don't think it'll be too long. I can't... Can't tell you how much I value them not being too long, these pay-per-views. Once it goes past four hours, it's a bit much. So I I really enjoy shorter cards and more quality. I think it would be a really, really good show. And that's what you want for SummerSlam. It's it's I do think I still consider it to be their second biggest show of the year. Uh, because the Royal Rumble is obviously based around one gimmick match. So it's a bit of a different pay-per-view, but they're pure pay-per-views. This is their second biggest of the year, I think, and it feels important
0: this year. It does feel important. And and can I just say, Ricochet and Logan Paul, Ricochet is doing what I would do if I had any athleticism at all, which is every time I get out the ring, I would flip. I would just flip to get out the ring. And that was a bit of a Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, NXT throwback to the golden era of NXT. How good is Logan Paul? Forget the person, just the persona and, and what we see on our screen, bell to bell, roaring SmackDown. How good still is Logan Paul?
1: Absolutely brilliant. He it's. It doesn't get talked about enough because he's so good. I think we just kind of think, oh, look at this wrestler. But he's wrestled five matches professionally, maybe. He is not a professional wrestler, really. He's a celebrity who's turned his hand to this and happens to have an innate talent. And we all knew he'd be good in the mic, the charisma. That that was fine. But he's actually better than just being shouty brash in your face. Like, there's more nuance to what he does and the way he the way he handles himself the way he holds himself is like a superstar we know that and then in the ring he's sensational he's absolutely sensational and those two will have 15 of the craziest minutes in the ring i think we've ever seen
0: and and if i said to someone who didn't watch wrestling if i gave them that segment on raw and i said you come into this blind one of these guys is a professional wrestler with at least a decade if not two decades experience and one has had ten matches tops. Who is the wrestler and who isn't? You'd be hard pushed to say it wasn't Logan Paul, and that doesn't get remarked on enough. He is that good, and I just, I just, I think I he is must see. I know the Miz was must see WWE TV. No, Logan Paul for me, if he's on, I'm gonna be watching.
1: Absolutely, and um, Ricochet is doing himself dirty by the fact that. He's done that flip twice now no one this week is talking about what a ridiculous feat of athleticism that is because we've seen it before but it's mind-boggling that he can run and flip out of the ring to the outside and land it without even stumbling like that I don't know where to begin with with how impressive that is.
0: I think what we should do is we should do it in our everyday life. Like, when you're coming out of your coal supermarket there in Australia, okay, you probably can't do a front flip right ricochet, but could you just do, could you just do like a forward roll or like a teddy bear roll with your shopping in either hand, just be like, ah, and just show... Yeah, it I used do,
1: do a pencil roll. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Something like that. One more thing on WWE before we talk AEW. And by the way, here's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I am Jack underscore Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. We saw Edge, Hall of Famer, and Grayson Waller have a segment and a match on SmackDown. Big rub for Grayson Waller. But I think, unless I'm wrong, the first proper time WWE have lent into Edge's retirement being teased on air, which lends credence to the fact that he doesn't have much longer to go on this run. Now, whether he'll come back here and there, who knows? But it does seem like they're beginning to acknowledge that and just beginning to lay the seeds.
1: Yeah, I think he said it, hasn't he, publicly on podcasts, et cetera. I think it'd be a uh, foolish WWE not to, because we are all thinking it. I don't know how much longer he has got left. And I, I I feel for Edge massively, because he had this, the the greatest return in all of wrestling. No one saw it coming. And then the pandemic hit two months later, he then got injured again. It's been really stop start. I just I if, if you want to hear what I I would do with Edge, go back and listen to last week's episode if you haven't, because I know what I'd do with Edge. I'm not gonna repeat it here. But I hope whatever they do with Edge to finish his story in WWE, I hope it's good because that's all he deserves. I hope it more importantly, I hope it being good. I hope it fulfills him and what he needs to do in his return. Yeah, I think that's it,
0: isn't it? Look, he has is, he is done more, seen more, said more than anyone could possibly want for a career, even with his first stint, his second stint. We've had that Hell in a Cell with Finn, which was a great WrestleMania moment. We had the Rumble Pop. He's got to perform for his girls. Whatever else happens, great. But he deserves to go out on his term second time round. Let's talk AEW, which has been building towards blood and guts next week on Dynamite, one of their signature matches, which always delivers. But call me fickle, call me strange. There are lots of other things I want to talk about in AEW before that, including how we're starting to get some proper week-to-week storytelling and who would have thought it would come through the Better Than You baby, tag team between MJF And Adam Cole, which is advanced to the final of the AEW Blind Eliminator Tag Tournament. More great skits this week. If they win the tournament, they'll get a shot against FTR for the World Tag Team Championships. Um, who knew we needed this in our life?
1: Well, not you last week. You didn't like this last week. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. Last week, I said... I liked the skits,
1: even though I didn't know how we got here. I hated the stipulation for the tour. Right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think you said you hated it all. Um, no, this is this would not have been anything I'd ever say I wanted, ever. And, I mean, you don't think they're going to use this to turn Adam Cole, heel, and MJF babyface are they? Because that's what I'm seeing here, because MJF, on the latest skit, genuinely basically said it was nice to have a friend that's essentially what he said that he's never had a friend in his life and it was nice to have one and i can just see them winning the tag titles together being the best of mates for three months and then cole low-blowing and costing the tag titles and going after that after that world title and there's nothing better in wrestling than heel adam cole there genuinely isn't but, my God, if they used it, it'd be it'd actually be a genius stroke to make it as a double turn, and I could see them pulling it off. Here's what I think.
0: It's too soon to wrap it up at any point. So, what? I don't know how they intended it. I don't know what they wanted. I don't know if they thought, we're just going to run this for three weeks and set them up for a main event of All In or All Out or wherever they're going to do it. All all Shaky All About. <laughs> yeah, all In All Out the week after that, it All About. AW Summer of Hokey Cokey. Um. I just think it's too soon. Like,
1: we're talking about I think I think this runs for a few months. I think they win the tiles. I think they, they are champions for a few months. I really do, because I think you sell a whole heap load of merch out of this, first of all, because the Bear the New Baby is a brilliant little name, by the way. That is an outstanding name. It's the most entertaining thing, like, for skits and me laughing and enjoying wrestling for being a bit silly, that I can remember AEW doing for a long time it's arguably two of their biggest stars in the same story doing their thing. Like, I think this runs for a number of months. I think we see Cole and MGF's corner when he's defend the world title. I think we see them as tag team titles together. I think you could have storyline, like MGF hates working. You could have him have to do double duty at a pay-per-view because he has to defend both titles. There's story in that. And then I eventually think Adam Cole costing the tag titles and says, do you think I forgot that this is what I want holding the world title over him? And we get a double turnout of it. I, I could see that happening. And I think it's bonkers when three weeks ago I never even thought of these guys as a tag team. I'm now seeing a way where MGF could come out of this as the babyface. And I
0: completely agree. And who is Adam Cole's idol? Who does he look up to? It's Shawn Michaels. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking, Shawn Michaels, John Cena, run up to WrestleMania 23, that tag team where we all knew the turn was going to come. And we all sort of forgot about it. And then boom, night before WrestleMania, uh, the raw before WrestleMania, Michael's hit Switching music on Cena, And we go, ah, oh, that was why this was all going on. I think it's, it has got me excited about AEW again, in a way that blood and guts hasn't in a way that not even CM Punk's return did. Although that has got me excited. I don't know how they've done it. I don't know why they've done it. I don't know what's caused them to do it. But you and I are talking about AEW for the first time in a little while in those terms, which means it has to be
1: a good thing. I think the genius of it is we're all waiting for the MJF turn. Everyone's waiting for him to turn on Cole. And I just think by the way they're portraying it, that bit where they're sat playing games, and MJF says, this is fun doing this with someone else. And Cole says, have you never done this with anyone before? you never played a multiplayer game. And MJF says, well, you have to have friends for that and he's like max hit pause and talks to him i just think they're teeing us up to feel sorry for
0: mjf and don't you think they tease this and god knows AEW had a weird year last year but remember when punk won the title mjf walked out allegedly on the company and he did that big shoot promo and it felt like everyone was ready to cheer mjf and then they lent back in to heal mjf think the fans want to cheer him i want to cheer. he's he the trouble he's got is he is too blinking entertaining you cannot not be entertained by him why should i it is too hard for them to get him to if they want him to be a heel he needs to do what jericho did back when where he takes away the catchphrases he takes away all of that and he takes away any reason to cheer him but he's not so let's lean into it i think it'd be genius if they did that
1: and the cleverest way to make him face is team him up with your biggest babyface, make them a babyface team so people are cheering the team and then have Cole turn him because Cole, if if your introduction to Adam Cole is A.W. Adam Cole, if that's all you've seen, I'm not saying it's been bad, but oh my God, you've got some treats to come if they turn this man heel. He is one of the greatest heels in professional wrestling. He's just an absolute arse. He's hideous. You hate him, but love him so I'm like you say. Two weeks ago, I would not have even thought this thought in a million years. Would not have crossed my mind, and now it's one of the best things in wrestling. It's fun, it's exciting, and I think it's teeing us up for some really interesting story. I do think they beat FTR for titles.
0: Yeah, and I think it's great because then you can have FTR with Punk, and maybe uh, there's there's so many ways to go with it. It is lightning in a bottle. The one thing I hope they
1: don't do, and it would be. So AEW to do it is do the turn in the tournament final, and be like one of them turn on the other in the tournament final, so they don't even win the tournament and be like I'm still coming to the world. Don't do that. Don't rush it, please. That's that's what I'm saying. What they've got here
0: is a little bit like when Sami Zayn started teaming with the Bloodline. Not just hear me out. They got it. Yeah. And if they'd have wrapped that up within three weeks, you'd have gone, eh, I'm okay they've got something where i i will tune back in and i will go out of my way to see what better than you baby will be doing don't get rid of that AEW because you you've not had that for a while here's what else i found myself going out of my way to do watch aew collision terrible time for a show saturdays at eight o'clock too much wrestling on telly anyway but i have enjoyed every show it feels like a completely different show to Dynamite and to me it's felt like a, a, a much better one we saw CM Punk and Samoa Joe main event this time round I know you are a professional athlete you don't just laze around the house like I do you haven't got as much time for
1: wrestling have you seen much collision what you make of it first of all you're an incredibly busy man Mr. Merley don't downplay yourself like that um, I haven't watched the whole show of collision I haven't I won't lie uh, but of course I made the time to watch CM Punk versus Samoa Joe like I think every wrestling fan did. That's a, not a dream match as we had it before, but I think one we thought we'd never see again. Uh, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a really good match in its own right. I thought the callbacks to their previous matches in Ring of Honor were sensational. Um, Joe just walking away from Punk coming off the top rope is one of my favorite spots in wrestling. Um, just Punk will never learn. Joe will always do it. I I, I just love it. That moment at the start, where they're facing off to wrestle again, like you could feel the crowd knew they were watching something special. You could see the two of them were enjoying it as well. They, to be honest, they probably never thought it was going to happen again. So you can see that they appreciate each other's ability in the ring. their best of enemies. It was a great match, and this is what this is what I love about AW is it's giving us matches again that we never thought we'd see, and it it does have that ability that WWE doesn't because it has its fingers in so many pies. Ring of Honor, New Japan, it can give you these matches. So. I really enjoyed the match. Uh, I haven't watched a whole episode of Collision. I need to find time to give it a chance. Uh, But as you say, there's just so much wrestling.
0: I think you'll enjoy it because for me, I look at Collision and I go, better pacing, better timing, better storytelling through the show, better lighting, better commentary team. It's all subjective, but just my view. And I almost wish they flip the Collision style and whack that on Dynamite and put the Dynamite on the Saturday because Collision does still feel to a degree like a B-show compared to Dynamite. But I, I just think it's better. And what frustrates me a little bit is you've got that tucked away on the Saturday night and on the Wednesday in prime time, you've got Dynamite. And I just think, I, do you know what? I think part of it is the Elton John song. I think if you've got Elton John
1: as your theme, it just feels big. That is the perfect song for that show, isn't it? It's I remember you when I texted you about you were like, obviously, you know a lot more about this being in uh, media, but you're like, they will have had to pay a fortune for that.
0: Yeah, Mr. Mr. Elton John does not license out his songs to anyone for free. And there must have been about 100 other people who previously have said to him, can we have that for our Saturday night show? And he's gone, no, of course you can. Maybe Elton John is a huge wrestling mark
1: if he is. loves well, this is Graps. He, He's actually a big Indies fan. I think I saw him at a, I think I saw him at a Revolution Pro uh, show once, something like that. Imagine. Loves him, loves him some Will Osprey, actually. Big Will Osprey guy. Huge Will Ospreay guy. He's always at the Indies.
0: He doesn't draw attention to it, but um, imagine if he was like a surprise rumble entrant.
1: Um, no, 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 no. He um, all he wants is to wrestle the G1 climax at Tokyo Dome. That's that's top of that's top of Elton's list. I remember in the eighties he was just
0: tape trading him and Princess Diana. Just sending him. back. <laughs> Have you seen this all Japan video? Just going back and forth. The thing is, with all of this, what we're not talking about, which is odd, is it is blood and guts from the TD Garden in Boston on Wednesday, Blood and Guts always delivers. I don't know why I have just not been able to hook on to this BCC uh, Elite, Golden Elite storyline. We know the pack has been brought into the Blackpool Combat Club, they're five for Blood and Guts, and we know that Kota Ibushi has come for the Elite, so it's now going to be the Golden Elite. I am sure there is a segment of the audience that is absolutely cock for this. I just don't, Think it's me even though I know match quality will be great I know it will deliver I'm just not as excited about it as others
1: yeah it's interesting because because the set, the same it's it's low down my list of what's exciting in wrestling at the moment and it will be brilliant I've no doubt this will be brilliant I think it's been hurt by losing Danielson I think it's easy to add one to your group when you're adding two into your group to make it the Blackpool common group inside but I think it's hard to have an organic five-on-five match. Like You've got to throw people in out of nowhere for that. Um, the Golden League makes more sense. I think it's really cool that for the first time in four and a half years, we the Golden Lovers. Let's not get into that name, by the way, because there's just so much to delve into there that we don't need to. But seeing them back as a team is really cool. Again, if you haven't seen Coach Ibushi wrestle, you're in for a treat. The man, the man can wrestle. Him and Kenny Omega have a lot of history, so that's cool. I love Pat. I'm a real big Pat guy. He's brilliant. I love that his his return was so understated. He just ran in and hit Kenny Omega with a chair. It's the most it's the most northeastern England thing to do in the world ever. Like no fanfare. I'm just gonna whack him with a chair. Um, I, it will be brilliant. But yeah, I'm. If you said you could only genuinely, if you said you can watch the Blood and Guts show uh, Matt, sorry, or you can watch the Better Than You Bay Bay segments from this week, and that's it. I would be watching the better than you babysitter. So that's a mental thing to say. It, it is as well. And I, I think it's like someone, it's like
0: you've got two restaurants and one you're like, you, you know, blood and guts will be, it will be technically cooked to perfection. It will just, oh, it will be delicious. You'll you'll have a lovely time. You'll come away and go, oh, I really enjoyed that. But the anticipation just for me hasn't been there. And I wonder if it's because we are sort of And and I maintain they are out there and that AEW could grow their numbers by appealing to people like you and me who are B-plus wrestling fans. And by that, I mean we are way more informed than everyone else, but we are not watching every New Japan, every nuance, every storyline. And I think if they could just do a little bit more for us versus that top tier who are going, I I can't wait for the Golden Lovers to be back because I remember in 2019 that this happened and then this I just think AEW would be in a little bit more of a better place, but they're already in a good place.
1: Do you think AEW is hurt by their model of only having four pay-per-views a year, having more on TV, ramming more big matches onto TV, but then because they only have four pay-per-views, having ridiculously long pay-per-views to get people on pay-per-view? Like, If they had a monthly pay-per-view like WWE do, Blood and Guts would be your pay-per-view. And you'd have the whole pay-per-view round the blood and guts match, like they did with War Games at Survivor Series last year. Do you think they hurt themselves that, or do you think it's exciting that they give us this on TV? Because they make they make special dynamites like Winter Is Coming, etc., all the time. So they're kind of like pay-per-views without being them. Like, I don't know the answer by the way. I don't know what I think about that. I don't think they're hurt by that
0: because I think people consume content in different ways. And I think, you know, I, I will grand slam is going to be amazing i i quite like they've got those temp bold things i honestly think where aw is hurt and i know a little of what i speak about here is they need an editor for lack of a better word they need someone over tony khan's shoulder who will sit and say that is a great idea but here's how you need to translate that for the everyday fan here's how you take this great stuff you've got and you make it better or you make it wider and i have in in my career i've been in that position thousands of times and it's not always easy because you go oh i've got a great idea i just want to do it this way oh it'll be brilliant and you need someone from the outside who will look in and say yeah but actually this is a better way to you probably have that with i don't know if it's your director of rugby or someone like that but but every organization needs that person to say you want to do play x you want to do you know thing y Here's why this is a better way of doing it. And I, th- I think that more than anything. And Hurt and AW is a relative term because they're selling out Wembley, TV deals, computer games. But in terms of inhibiting their growth, I think that's what's stopping it.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's a good point. You need someone who's less emotionally invested in the exact way you think it should be done and can show you a better way, potentially. I, I think a do things so now, as you see, that of Force, and God, I love him for what he's done for our industry, but Tony Khan is a fan, first and foremost. I think you see that sometimes.
0: Yeah, I think I think you do. And look, it's amazing. Look at what's coming to London. Look at what's going on. It is great. I've no knocks of that. I just think if I was looking to grow my business more, we all need someone who will help us go to that level. And you need to know what your strengths are and what they're not. Um, but
1: who are we? And Tony, Jack and I will take up the offer for significant reimbursement.
0: Here's the thing. It doesn't matter what me and you are saying. But if Eric Bischoff is saying it, and Bully Ray is saying it, and other people are saying it, at some point, you might just want to think about what they're saying.
1: But, hey, 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 this podcast, this podcast has some credibility as well. This in 83 weeks, they're in similar, similar you know, sort of echelons.
0: I don't know. I don't know if anyone's still listening after we did two minutes on Hammerheads at the start. But look, that <laughs> was... That was because previously we've done Sharks and everyone's favourite bit of the podcast. Uh, Earning the push and back to developmental. Let's wrap up with some of this. Uh, Something from everyday life we love gets a push. It can't be wrestling related. And something from everyday life that we hate goes back to developmental. Uh, First or second, Mr Beckett.
1: Uh, I'll go first this week because mine are very simple at the moment. They are things I'm enjoying and things I'm not enjoying of Australia. It will be a running theme for the next few weeks, I imagine. Uh, earning the push is ticked a big one off my sporting bucket list this week, went to State of Origin Game 3. Uh, state of Origin, for those who don't know, is probably the biggest competition in rugby league in the world. Uh, it's between New South Wales, which is where Sydney is, where I'm living, the big area on there, and Queensland, which is just up to the coast, is Brisbane, etc. Uh, the two of them play a best of three series in rugby league every year called State of Origin. And the atmosphere is incredible. We got to go to game three this week at the Olympic Stadium in Sydney, which was really, really cool. Unfortunately, it was already 2 0 to Queensland, so it wasn't a decider. So even though the Blues won up the Blues, uh, it still finished 2 1 to Queensland. But that was really cool. Uh, just a really cool thing to be able to do while I've been over here. So that's earned the push. Back to developmental for me this week is the absolute barefaced cheek. And uh, she won't listen to this, so it doesn't matter of my better half, to she for the last two weeks has just unceremoniously buggered off to Bali to the holiday there with some of her friends and left me in Sydney working. So that's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, how's your holiday going? I'm like, no, I'm not on holiday. I'm here working. Like, I'm just in my normal working life just in Sydney. So yes, it's amazing. I get things like State of Origin. But my, um, my better half, some of her friends texted her and were like, oh, we're in Bali in July. Why don't you come and join us? And she thought, oh, I'll go for a few days and end up booking two weeks away for herself. So I, I got a text from, I was um, icing my ankle with the physios last week, um, and I got a text of her just in the pool with a, with a a cocktail, and I was like, we're living very different lives currently. So, the fact that she had the cheek to do that is back to developmental. What a selfish woman, using this amazing experience to do amazing things for herself.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I see your pain. I'm, I'm with you. When you hear my earning the push and back to developmental, you will realise that you have no right to complain. Because you were living the life of Riley there in Sydney. As I speak to you early doors on Friday here in the UK, it is hammering down with rain. So uh, back to developmental for me is the Great British Summer because it's just, it's gone. And I know I was moaning previously, but I was too hot. We need some rain. And now we've had nothing but rain for about 10 days straight. And it's miserable. And I've lost any tan I've had. And it's just terrible. So I'm sorry. What you don't want to do is go
1: and look at my Instagram story today. And
0: it's winter where you are as well.
1: Don't go and look at what I've been doing today because I was having lunch on the beach in 22 degrees.
0: Yeah, in the winter. So back to the Bellamental, the Great British Summer. Early the push, courgettes. I put some courgettes into the garden.
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry. I never know what's going to come out your mouth. But courgettes has got me. The I love this segment. Early the push, courgettes. Boom, done.
0: them from seeds. This year, love my courgettes. Put them in. Never grown them before. Thought, let's see what happens. Out comes some little plants. I think, well, this, we could be onto something here. They get absolutely huge. The leaves are like Jurassic leaves. Then suddenly this big yellow plant appears from nowhere. You go, fine. Where is the courgette? Where does the courgette come from? And then suddenly you just see little courgettes coming out of the plant. I'm growing courgettes, which I didn't know. If you just leave them, become marrows.
1: Do they? Okay. Yep.
0: A courgette is just a small marrow. So- a marrow is a big courgette.
1: I've got a question first, and then I've got a uh, something to admit, um, which it will not, not paint me in good light. It's one of the most stupid things I've ever said, but I'll tell everyone on the podcast. Uh, first of all, how, when are you planning on eating your courgettes?
0: Oh, they got to get bigger. I, I'm also, uh, because I've never grown stuff like this before, I am frequently Googling, can I poison myself with yeah. dot, dot, dot? So I got some peas on the go, and I had to shell them, and then I had to Google, and I thought, well, if I just boil the crap out of them, how bad can yeah. it be?
1: How are you planning to eat your courgettes? What 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 are you think of having them as a meal in? Uh, well, look,
0: because I'm so through through middle class from a vegetable patch now, I've also got some basil on the go, so Excellent. I'm going to take the courgettes, going to fry the uh, oven roast them with some peppers, some sea salt, some basil, bit of
1: a delicious. That is delicious. Um, yeah, well, that sounds really delicious. Um, you didn't know courgettes became marrows. You know what I didn't know? That grapes become raisins. I didn't know that I thought you grew raisins no one ever told me that grapes are dried out uh, raisins are dried out grapes I thought you planted a raisin plant
0: what evolutionary process would lead to the raisin plant
1: oh I don't know but I thought it was like oh these are weird little things then um who was it yeah my, my better half she said I can't believe these are grapes I said don't be stupid I said they're not grapes uh, they are no they are the um, raisins are grapes there you go everyone in case you
0: didn't know well, if you didn't stay for the wrestling, uh, you certainly earned a little bit of gardening knowledge at the end of this podcast. Um, look, let's wrap up with, pro- we probably should at least, notionally, something wrestling related. Who is getting thrown off the top of the blood and guts <laughs> day in Wednesday?
1: It's the big question because someone is every year. Um, who's going off the top this year? Mox will bleed the most. I can guarantee that. Uh the,
0: one of the books. Wheeler Yuta, I'm looking at you.
1: Oh, yeah, no, Wheeler, Wheeler, yeah, no, sorry, you're right. Sorry, I've got it wrong. I... Wheeler Yuta screams being thrown off that cage.
0: I look at him and I think there's a man who's got a big drop in his future uh, well look we shall see as we head towards Blood and Guts next Wednesday SummerSlam is just a few weeks away it is on August 5th and we will continue to talk about wrestling each and every week because we love it and we know you do as well remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen old episodes available in the back catalogue looking at everything from rumbles to manias to money in the banks from years gone by here's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter I am Jack underscore and for today we are out of time so thank you for listening And bye-bye.